Welcome to Holistic Hearts, a place to dive deeper into living holistically, a place where my mom shares thoughts on living fully, creating intentionally, and empowering others to come along with her in this journey. Hey guys, welcome to Holistic Hearts. I am so glad that you are here with me today. And today I have a very awesome opportunity to speak with Jamie without an E, Amarine. Is it Amarine or Amarine? Amarine. Amarine. And uh, I am so honored to get to know you and to uh, have a mutual friend that has introduced us to each other. And you have written an amazing book that is so in line with uh, the whole Holistic Hearts podcast, which is creating intentionally, living fully, whether that's emotionally, spiritually, physically, uh, just the whole thing. And you wrote pretty much a book about my (laughs) podcast. So (laughs) welcome to the show. Well, thank you. (laughs) And Jamie is an author and a speaker. And um, if you need to follow somebody who is just rooted in the word and also has a great sense of humor and very real, um, you can check her out on social media. And uh, you can follow her at Jamie Amarine. Right? Uh, that that's correct? on Instagram and Twitter at Jamie Amarine. Okay. And then on Facebook, it's Jamie Amarine's Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. Okay. Yes. And she's an amazing blogger. So she's all the things, ladies. She is all the things. <laughs> <laughs> so, and her blog is Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. So check that out too. Um, and I'll mention it at the end of the show as well. But I just wanted to give you a nice, warm welcome to Holistic oh, Hearts. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So I would love to dive into this book, which is called Well Girl. And I love that title because you can just hear the many layers of even just that well girl Mm -hmm. and um, such an easy read. And it's so full of deep and lighthearted and deep coming back to well, let's just ask the Holy Spirit about that, which is something that I've said a million times on the show and um, in friends circles and just coming back to, well, what does the Holy Spirit say? And I love how you dive right into that in our wellness journey. And um, I would love to start with what led you to write this book? Well, I had to write it. (laughs) (laughs) If you ask the Lord what you should write and mm-hmm. you're willing to listen, he will tell you. So um, I actually, my story is very odd. I was not a writer, um, a stay-at-home mom and foster mom. And I got, well, we had to get off of social media because of the foster care. We were having some trouble with that. Yeah. And then I got the flu and I asked my husband if I could borrow his laptop and knocked out 60,000 words in nine days Dang. and titled it Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. <laughs> and um, then like within six months, had been convinced to open a blog and I did that. And then I posted on my phone, which <laughs> I don't recommend, a blog post called An Open Letter to My Children, You're Not That Great. <laughs> and uh, by the next day, um, was like the number one blog on WordPress in the world. Wow. 
Wow. That's, yeah. And then I got um, the two book deal um, for Soul and Jesus and Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. And um, I, I just, there, there's a small part in Stolen Jesus where I talk, and, and I believe also in Sacred Ground Sticky Floors because it's been following me where I address some food issues, but it kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And so there was actually, this is different than Sacred Ground Sticky Floors and, and Stolen Jesus in that there was a first draft that I um, have deleted from my computer and there's no record of it because I don't ever want to go back to any of the thoughts that were in that first draft. Wow, that's powerful. But when I left to go write it, I really did think um, that there would be what I call the download. The Holy Spirit would just guide me and go, this is what you're supposed to be eating. This is what you're supposed to be doing. This is the way. And I got about halfway through the book and uh, my friend Katie Reed that uh, wrote um, Babe Like Martha was doing the editing on yet another one of my books. And she um, is really good at kind of go asking the right questions. Well, what scripture does this make you think of? And why did you say this? And well, what it, doesn't this lend to this? And so she was doing that. And I just said, and I just still don't have anything. And she's mm. like, well, we're waiting to know what we're yeah. supposed to be. <laughs> you know, we're waiting to know how we're supposed to work out. We're waiting for you to say something magical, which I mean, I know some people might think that's sacrilege, but it, it was, it was like all the other things it. that came out even especially in stolen Jesus, I look back on that now and I just go, I can't believe that that's what that meant. I can't believe he keeps drawing me back to that. So we kept waiting for that to happen. Okay. And so she said, I think you should get pen and paper and just write in your journal. Okay. What? Just tell me, just let me dream about it. Show me what it is that's right. And what is wrong. Yeah. And I mean, remember writing in big letters why would I tell you what to tell my girls to eat wow and it was then at that moment I thought you know I have I have six children and my oldest um has celiac disease and then um our young son Sam that's eight ha- is allergic to walnuts oh. and Charlie our very youngest loves apples and carrots he loves that texture he'll eat apples and carrots forever but Give, give him mashed potatoes or ground beef or cooked chicken and he gags he can't handle doesn't wow. like it. Okay. and I just started like that in that moment I went why would he tell me that why would I be responsible for whoever reads this book to tell them what to eat or what to drink or how to work out and it was just I, I'm literally laughing I was laughing I was all of myself <laughs> and I was laughing because it was, it was just so obvious that it was like I'm just just right here. Just ask me, Yeah. just ask me what I created you for. Mm. And then that's where most of the scripture reference in it is what everything is permissible, but is it beneficial? Yeah. And that, that has poured into every aspect of my husband's in my life. That's uh, that question alone is such a beautiful thing. And it just even in every, like what you're saying in every aspect of life, not only in food, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. how are you moving your body? Well, everything mm-hmm. is permissible, but is it been mm-hmm. beneficial? And one thing that we've talked about, um, even if you go back, uh, to the beginning of when I started was right in the middle of quarantine. And we talked about self-care and, um, there was an episode where we talked about sometimes self-care looks like you're not going on a marathon run. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're, you're, 
maybe going for a walk for 10 minutes and then it's breath work. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, it's the gamut of sometimes it is hardcore and then sometimes it's not. And it's that individual asking. um, Well, I think, I think so many women end up rooted in failure, especially with chronic illness and injury Uh and, and, you know, postpartum or trying to get pregnant and not, and everything around us is comparative. Well, Mm -hmm. they did it. They did it. They said they can do it. And then we pick up, you know, things that we see on social media, other books that we read, things that are right in our face that go, this is all there is to it. Mm-hmm. it. All you have to do is this and you can have what I can have. And it, it's a judgment, a condemnation mm-hmm. that then we go, that's for me because it doesn't work for me. That's, yeah. that's the law that was laid down where I fail again and again and again. And it's not true. It wasn't written for you. It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, it's, is that that thing sure it's permissible but would it be a benefit to you right to you who I created yeah so that's good well I have a daughter that's 13 and and I have celiac she has celiac and so I'm very familiar ours Mm -hmm. is uh we have celiac and then we have corn issues Mm -hmm. with one of my sons and dye and oats for another one Mm -hmm. so food is definitely a a thing (laughs) around here. It's a real thing. Yes. But just trying to instill that in her of, you know, maybe not having Cheetos and a Coke all day. It's probably not the best for your body. (laughs) And like trying to instill that. uh, Did you ask the father, like what, what would be the best food that I could eat for my body Mm -hmm. today without condemning and pushing her towards, you know, worrying right. about every little thing too. Cans and cans. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Such but a delicate instead, balance. Yeah, there's so much more um, self-love and self-power in knowing I'm doing this for me. I'm not, I, I think about that with like um, some of like powdery drinks or, you know, quick fix things. Somebody was telling me one time, I just, she just actually was telling me she lost weight, but the breakfast that she was eating was powdered eggs. And she said, ever since she read the book, she was just like, this is so gross. What was I doing? (laughs) And she said, but it was literally like, I was so desperate to get to the next thing because I thought that would make me better that I wasn't stopping and thinking, but is this even right? right? Is there anything good about powdered eggs? And um, I think that once we feel like we're taking care of ourselves, we're having that self-love, that his voice is so much more clear. Yeah. Because the voices from the outside are not just barking at us. Yeah. The awfulness, awfulness, awfulness. And he's mm-hmm. just good. And I, I feel cheesy when I say this. But I just like him because he, <laughs> I love that. He likes me. No. He wants good things for me. And like I've never had an experience since I started this um, way in where he led me to something so gross, like, you know, or a binge or a starving point, or it's like, here, look at this wonderful thing. Yeah. And really, that's another thing I think, looking at what we're eating with our eyes, yes. smelling it, listen, listening to the bacon crackle or, you know, <laughs> the slicing of vegetables and then tasting that Mm -hmm. and recognizing I think for me the biggest thing has been like I don't even like that what was that all about you know Mm. just really experiencing life um in ourselves with him yeah 
And that brings in, you know, mindfulness of how we're eating and tasting. And yeah, that's good. I Can you go back a little bit? Because you mentioned weigh-in and not mm-hmm. everybody knows what weigh-in you're talking okay, about. Yes. So, so go, which go I always that. forget my very own acronym, but it's, um, <laughs> I, I want to experience God in everything. And it's instead of weighing in and weighing yourself, it's weighing in with him, yes. checking in with him. Um, just even, you know, just on the spot, is this for me? Is this what you had in mind? And um, I think one of the struggles, especially um, chronic dieters and um, binge eaters um, face is the internet idea. Well, I don't want to always ask. Mm -hmm. And it's okay that you don't always want to ask, but you have the opportunity to always ask. And I think, you know, you think I want what I want. Does it, I want that right now. I don't want to talk about it. And what if he tells me no? And really, I, I wish this was in the book, but I was thinking the other day, um, Charlie asked for something and we're, we're cooking dinner and he's like, can I have a cookie? And I said, well, no, not right now. And he threw a fit and everything. And it just, <laughs> you know, he's just a little boy, but I was thinking, how many times have I done that? Right. Like assumed that he was, that God was going to say no. So I just like snuck away and did it. And then went, Oh, sorry about that. Or then, Oh my gosh, I'm so awful. Yeah. But instead like really and truly knowing this is so bad. Yeah. All right. So we talked about mindfulness eating and the weighing in, and I mm-hmm. let's go back to, um, let's say if there is, I, I just picture and some of it is me, if I'm honest, there's these moments where I look in the mirror and the track that I'm hearing in my in my head is nothing kind, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. look at that. And I mean, that's usually the oh is there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so what would be the shifting point that you have found kind of that pivotal time of I'm, I'm going to turn that off and I'm going to listen to what truth is instead. So, um, I know you talked a little bit about identity and that's something that I'm very passionate about. Can you, can you speak to that about looking in the mirror and. Well, um, I can, (laughs) this, this is so important. So, um, we speak in our minds and we speak in imagery. That's how, you know, so if we are traveling abroad and we see a picture for a girl, like Mm -hmm. in a skirt, kind of, you know, assume that that's the women's restroom. So our minds okay. know those things. Yeah. And um, so there's imagery and that's picturing, you know, whatever is good, pure and holy, the goals that we want to see and the, those things. But um, I, for, and I'm going to speak, and this is just how I do things too, because it's different. It, it, in some ways it's different for everyone, except that your subconscious is trained to be the bad guy. I mean, because it's, and it's not, it's your friend because it keeps you from touching a hot stove. It, you know, reminds you where the bathroom is and all those other things, but it's always the first that goes, you're not going to finish that. Mm -hmm. You'll start that and you won't do it. And it's the thing that when you wake up and the alarm clock goes off and goes, I'm going to, you know, the night before you lay out your gym bag and you're going to start working out. And then the alarm goes off and that voice that goes, yeah, we could sleep in mm-hmm. is that subconscious. But okay. then the subconscious is also the one that later on that day, I told you, you wouldn't get up in time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of like this internal battle. Yeah. And it is a learned part of our brain. It understands what we have told it over and over and over again, or what the world has told it. And it really deals in the concrete. Okay. So 
you know, it knows the stove is hot. It knows what size pants you wear. It knows, you know, what tastes good and what doesn't. It, it knows those things. So it's a process of changing that by speaking truth. Okay. So it's convinced my subconscious is anyway, I'm sure yours is, it's convinced that there was a virgin birth, a death and a resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, you weren't there. So mm-hmm. how'd you convince it of that? Hmm. You told it that story over and over and over again. And you imagined it and you saw nativity scenes and you saw these brutal things happen mm-hmm. to this God that, you know, you've heard it enough that that's your truth. You're grounded in that and you're not getting talked out of it, right? Yeah. So if you have years of abuse, which is even outside of us, the moment that we realize there's a grading system, A through F, mm-hmm. you know, and that you could pass or fail or that you could finish last or second. Those things are all things that the, that the subconscious understands as concrete. Wow. And so the only way to change that is to give it something concrete. And we are mm-hmm. of the mindset that, okay, well, when I see that number on the scale or when those pants are smaller, when I finish the marathon or when I have the success, then the subconscious, everything will be at peace. But I, I mean, I've spoken to women and I've been there myself, been there, been, you know, in the dressing room a size four and still been not okay. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because the subconscious was going, you won't be able to keep this off. You're not going to, there's no way you've, Mm. you've, you know, it's, it's knows the history. And so it's replaying that. Right. So I'm, fully believe that saying out loud, out loud, so that your subconscious hears you speaking and saying, I am these things and listing them. I am this. And even to this extent, because I have myself so convinced that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. I will not get undressed in front of the mirror. I won't, I just don't. I mean, I put my face on and I fix my hair and stuff like that, but I'm not going to let my subconscious mess with me. And so I get dressed over to one side. And then when I come out, I know that I've clothed and ready. And that, that may sound shallow to some people, but the fact is the subconscious is ready to keep you grounded in reality. And we are a people that were called to walk on water and move mountains and believe as if we've received. And it's harder to do that when you're faced with these things. And then, you know, you hear women say that they'll go to the doctor's office and they weigh face another way. Bravo. Yeah. That number has nothing to do with who you are in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Nothing to do with who you are. Yeah. And um I actually this is funny because I um and I guess arrogant, but we're not arrogant, but just it, it's it's hard any other way to ex- I have to expose what I have to expose. <laughs> so I walked past a mirror the other day in a store and I went, oh like ew. I didn't didn't like the way that I looked Hmm. and I went real quick and I was like, that's not who I think I am. (laughs) I think I look so much better than that. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And then I I overheard somebody behind me, which I fully thought was, you know, a blessing from the Lord go, that mirror makes me crazy. And the other lady's like, I know it's right there. And she goes, and it is not right. And they went back over. I didn't go look, but I watched them go back over and they were like, and I guess it was like a distorted, little bit distorted. Oh, wow. But I thought that is amazing. At least they knew. And then the other amazing thing was that I felt like God went, just listen. Mm-hmm. Just listen, that wasn't true. It was not true. It wasn't right. Wow. And I love that about him. He wants us to be whole and well, and he wants us to project 
that which makes us feel good. But at the same time, he doesn't see any of that the way that we see it three-dimensionally, you know? Yeah. Um, He sees our soul. Yeah. And so it is a mind game in Mm -hmm. some ways, because, you know, we're dealing with this. I mean, I can pick up this bracelet and show it to you. Isn't this pretty? And you can see it, but you can't touch it. And then, you know, I can make it now. You can't see it. (laughs) Well, do I still have it? You know, so it's literally getting in this mind space where it's like, okay, help me see what you see. Help me think like you think, Mm -hmm. which just seems lofty, but it Christ in us, the hope of glory, the greatest mystery is Christ in us. Yeah. And on top of that, as a man thinketh, so he is. So if we think we're disgusting and gross, it's not going to matter if we keep going and going and going and going, if we don't then believe that we are changed. Yes. It's just, if it's just change on the outside, it's, it's meaningless. Absolutely. That is powerful. I think I'm going to sit on that for a long time. I don't know if I've ever thought about how, I mean, it's almost like don't put your energy in looking in the mirror. If it's giving you an issue, then mm-hmm. just don't look in the mirror when you're right. <laughs> when you're <laughs> getting dressed. And right. I think that's so simple yet profound in where we put our energy. So I'm going to take that for a long time and, and mull over that. And I also, you know, to, to affirm that, um, I remember there was about eight years ago, um, when my husband and I, we went through a really rough season and there was a lot in my own personal like story that I was telling myself and then his story. And it just was a yucky place. And then all of a sudden we hit this breakthrough and there was something that shifted within my own story and what I was telling myself and my identity. And I started to believe um, so uh, there's a long story, um, which is in one of my old podcasts about how the Lord called me his peacock and it's a long drawn out story, but they're beautiful. And, mm-hmm. um, in the way that they display their colors and, um, have many feathers and they're very proud of what they look mm-hmm. like, you know, when they ruffle their fe- feathers. And I really started sitting in that identity and no joke, I have never had so many people say, you are like stunning lately. What are you doing? And <laughs> and it was like nothing I was doing physically. Mm-hmm. It was just a shift in my mindset of like, no, mm-hmm. I, I am who I am. And I am mm-hmm. beautiful the way that he created me to be. Mm-hmm. And it was such a um, confirming period for me to know wow, what I think about myself really does affect how oh, others affects- see me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and coming into alignment with who he's created me to be. Um, yeah. And like, how can we be like, you know, how can we be his hands and feet mm-hmm. if we're ashamed right. of the vessel which carries his hands and feet? Yes. It's, it, it's so counterintuitive. And then too, so much language. Um, there's so much like religiosity language that, oh, I'm just a humble sinner and mm. I'm so awful and I'm so gross and, you know, but by the grace and, and some of it, you know, I, I, I know we take from scripture, but um, it's actually not anywhere after the resurrection that oh, that wow. resurrection <laughs> was, yeah. was everything changed. It's and then done. we were <laughs> the beloved. So, so stop, you know, read that from the place of what that, who that was to, to, right. the, to the broken and the unsaved. And now 
now speak like the saved. Those that were chosen, call yes. and you know, set apart to be the hand and to bring out this word. And I, I know I had, um, I've had this email from several people, but it's always that, um, well, I'm just so ashamed, or I, you know, I'm so broken, I'm so this. Okay, well, you're saying that I am, mm-hmm. and what does the subconscious do? Oh, that's her. That's important to her, and so it's going to show you more of that. Yeah, and I know yes. that there's some teachings that are more like. Um, law of attraction kind of, you know, if yes. you think this, it'll happen and stuff like that. But it really is just psychological. You see what you speak. So Absolutely. if you see, yeah. So if, you know, if, and I always say this, but like, um, I got a little red convertible and my dad drives a Harley and a Jeep. He didn't care anything about red convertibles. And the, after I'd had it about a week, he, I went to his house and he said, I see little red convertibles everywhere I go because it's like because my heart stops and I just go ah and he goes why didn't I see him before and I said because they weren't important to you before yeah they they had no relevance right so you know if you saw everything everything in the world all the time Mm -hmm. then you'd have a nervous breakdown so the subconscious just shows you what's important to you yeah so my dad goes oh that could be your baby girl that could be your baby girl hey there's your baby girl no maybe that's her and so he started seeing little red convertibles so if we're saying we're horrible and disgusting and our lives are a mess and we're always late and we can't do this and we can't do that and then never succeed. That's what you're going to see. You're going to continue to see your failures and your shortcomings. Yeah. When you're speaking, I am beautiful. I am smart. I'm talented. I am. And it's not always easy because we've right. been told to be humble and quiet. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can do this fully clothed in my face, fully clothed in front of the mirror. I look at myself and um, if I do have to cap, catch a glimpse of myself that I think is not my best or what I think the world thinks is the best. I do this thing where I get as close as I can to the mirror and look directly into my eyes and go, you have your grandma Mickey's green eyes. You have your grandma Mickey's smile. You have high cheekbone. And I just start listing stuff that I love. And that's the things that become more obvious. And where that sounds like, maybe arrogance or self-absorption or whatever. The truth is, is how else do we go out as peacocks Mm. and draw in the least of these if we're got our heads down in shame? Yeah. Yeah. The navel gazing. Like, yeah, the navel gazing. Yeah. Navel digging. Yeah. Picking apart (laughs) our nastiness. (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, one more thing I would love to hit on before we end, because it's such a huge passion of mine is being creative and how that plays into our whole picture of wellness. I would love for you to talk about that. You know, that was so odd that that when that came up in the book, because like I said, I was just writing and writing and writing, and then I wrote Create in Me. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like it was just absolutely the Holy Spirit going, tell him to color, tell him yes. to color, tell him to do something. And and I had somebody say the other day to me, well, that's the only thing is that I'm not creative. And I was like, aren't you a teacher? And she said, yes. And I went, oh, uh, friend, oh, yes, you are. you're creating and creating and creating and, and shaping minds. And so I think we get in this space of going, well, I'm an accountant, so I'm not creative or yeah. I'm too busy. So I don't have time to do this or this, but he, we're created by a creative. So in his image, we Absolutely. were made to create. Yes. And there is so much joy in letting loose and letting that spirit show you what you're good at, mm-hmm. what you were made for, how you can bless, how you can release, how you can experience. And I, 
I, I think it's exactly what I said in, you know, in the sixth grade, how many of us were going to be artists? Oh, how many yeah. of us were going to be dancers? How many of us, that was, you know, our passion. And then life and the subconscious goes, well, you got to make a living. Yeah. And somebody says, well, if you get that degree, then you'll just be serving drinks at Starbucks. <laughs> you know, it's it, the world's lies and the world's shortcomings instead of the Holy Spirit going, oh, yeah, yeah, you can stand yeah. back. Let's, yep. let's do this, friend. Amen. And it is so... You know, you know, that's one of the hardest things I think about launching a book is you have to face the numbers and face the music and face the realities. And um, then with COVID, that was a whole nother thing. Yes. And I, I mean, I have met with some disappointments um, with some of my art and a few other things because things have just changed. Yeah. But when I stop and especially now, I'm really glad that we did this interview today because I, I was struggling with yeah. some hard facts, you know, yeah. but the truth is. He gets to decide yes. the, the the truth is the thing that he instilled in you, the thing that he instilled in me is only dictated by the world when we believe the world is more powerful than him. Mm. Yeah. Woo. Speak it. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you believe that, which it's easy to do, because you know, if your parents went, no, you can't major in drama because you'll be starving. You heard that over and over. You can't make a living at that. You can't do that. Oh, it's impossible to right. get this. It's impossible for these things to happen to you. That is even believing parents that say that. I mean, I said it for a little while and yeah. both of my daughters are creatives and my sons are, you know, it's, it's the thing about it's the minute that you give that away, the minute that you give up the, no, that's not true. It may have been true for everybody else, but stand back and watch yes. is the minute that you give the world the power to decide your future. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to end on that because that's amazing. <laughs> uh, good news. Yes. It's supposed, it was supposed to be good news too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, okay. Well, you, you did speak about your art. So we're going to talk about where people can find your art which is at the same place well, as where your blog is, correct? Yes, you can. Yeah. So we're, we're building the store with the higher end pieces now, but um, a lot of my watercolors and stuff that my agent scans that will be in some retail places once the COVID thing changes up. Yes. <laughs> um, you can find it at Etsy, but again, and actually it's stuff on Redbubble too. So, but it's all on my blog. You can find almost anything about me at sacredgroundsticktoflourish.com. Okay. Well, we'll all have to take a look and uh, thank you so much for being on the show. You're such a joy and such a like warrior for us women to really embrace the wellness factor in such a way that just brings us back to his heart and his heart for us and, and who he's called us to be. And um, I love that. So thank you, Jamie. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's good for my soul. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thanks for listening to Holistic Hearts. As always, leave a review and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to find out more about my mom and all the things she is writing about, Go to www.kristenfieldschadwick.com.